0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Agency Unfiltered, the HubSpot Solutions Partner Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn, and Agency Unfiltered is a weekly web series and podcast that interviews the owners, founders, and executives of agencies and services providers from around the world about whatever it takes to grow and scale. Episodes can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. This week's episode comes to you from the partner space at Inbound 22 in Boston, Massachusetts where Becky Murphy, the managing director and co-founder of BabelQuest, joined me on stage to talk about the big bets her team is making as we approach 2023 as a means of triaging the saturation and commoditization of inbound services. Becky shares how she thinks about the channels and means of engagement her team is using for their next stage of growth. Specifically, she explains how formalized partnerships – with complementary services providers targeting similar client profiles, has been a lucrative revenue-generating channel for BabelQuest. And Becky also talks us through her team's technical consulting practice, including how it came to be, how the percentage split of revenue has trended over time versus traditional inbound services, and how she prioritizes the development of technical experts and solutions architects on her staff. You're listening to Agency Unfiltered. Becky, welcome to Agency Unfiltered. Uh, Thank you for having me. Probably the best view I've ever had as it relates to recording a podcast. Uh, We're overlooking uh, the best angle of the skyline, which is amazing. Um, And we're also coming off the heels of uh, the big keynote session from Yamini and Stefan Dharmesh. And so hopefully piggybacking off their talk with our narrative around the age of the connected customer and big bets that solutions partners need to be thinking about. Um, And so maybe the best way to tee this up, uh, we know the HubSpot Solutions Partner Program is global. There's thousands of solutions partners. I don't want to say inbound as a service offering is saturated, but there's certainly a number of partners that offer very similar services. Um, And so from your perspective, what are the big bets that partners should be thinking about or how should they be rethinking their uh, channels of engagement or their go-to-market strategies uh, as we enter again this age of connected customer going into the new year, uh, what are the big bets that BabelQuest are thinking about and how should other partners be thinking about those as well?
1: Okay, so starting with the first point about big bets in terms of our service delivery, so you talk about yeah. kind of inbound services. Um, one of the biggest areas of growth we've got is around our technical and platform consulting. Yeah. Um, I think there's a, a lot of partners that are still doing the, the the more traditional inbound marketing sales enablement sales and marketing alignment services the bread and butter the The bread and 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 butter butter indeed and And they're great they're in retainers etc but it's the um, the demand for the platform consulting so what what are, you, what are you trying to do with HubSpot platform? Where does it fit within strategically within the tech stack? Mm-hmm. Um, that's where all of the uh, increasing demand for um, our services is coming in, and then some of the kind of the, the more technical serv- um, services on that. So that's kind of more in the coding and the developer. Yeah, um,
0: that feels directionally aligned with where I feel the HubSpot CRM platform is going. Indeed, uh, I think the, the maximum value uh, a, a business could get from HubSpot is. Understanding the customization capabilities or the extensibility of the platform, and that feels aligned with kind of the focus on technical consulting or platform consulting yeah. uh, as an offering as a, as a solutions partner.
1: Yeah, indeed. And I think there's two distinct sides of that. There's the uh, brand new implementation, so new customer to have spot. The easy stuff, easy, and it's great. And right. you can you can scope the whole thing out and design it, and the client signs it off, and then you can go and build it and uh, and then train them on it, and that's fine. We have a lot of our work is coming in from existing HubSpot customers, yeah. um, and they can't get the reporting because the data structures uh, is not it's not structured in the right way, and brought in to clean up. Oh, the cleanup. Clean and up. you've got to unravel and unpick about the the whole thing, and, uh. and it's hard, but it's uh, it's it's it's, value, it's it's high value work to us, and it's um, of high value to the client. And actually, it makes the HubSpot really sticky because once you can fix it, and they they're getting the value that they knew, um, they're effectively unlocking the. The platform. Yeah.
0: So I want to get into techno consulting. Uh, has it always been a service offering from you and your team? Uh, was there a moment in time when you decided, like, wow, we really need to start thinking about this more holistically uh, as a piece of our client's tech stack? Like, was there, a, was there a, a pivot point in which you're like, wow, we need to think platform, we have to go to market with a platform consultancy service offering? What did that look like?
1: Yeah, so it was about three years ago, about uh, October. Um, so was that on the back of Inbound three years ago? Quite possibly. Um, but, yes, three years ago, we, we actually separated uh, the um, consulting services out from the rest of the uh, business. They so had a standalone uh, department. Um, so that was kind of that distinct moment in time three years ago, um, and and if I looked three years ago, we had about 80-20, 20% of our services being delivered by that team. Um, we're now looking at about half the business is yeah. being served. And if my big so bet, it was
0: 80-20, 80 was traditional marketing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then technical consulting. Yeah. Now it's 50-50. Now it's
1: 50-50, yeah. and my big bet would be uh, over the next of 12 to 18 months, i flipped flip the other way. It'd be 80-20.
0: No kidding. Is it because there's a higher demand, like quantity of businesses that need that help? Is it yes. just uh, a higher price point for partners, both? Both. yeah. Both. yeah.
1: Um, and it's definitely high demand. So you've got the as HubSpot goes um, up market, you've got big customers that don't have the skills in house, they don't have the time in house, they don't have the resources in house. Yeah. Um, and and the exponential growth of HubSpot means that there's more people, there's more customers out there that are um, they've had it for some time and got it into a mess. Sure. Or or it's going to be these new customers.
0: And so. Uh, there's a huge opportunity. I think that uh, aligns really well with kind of the IDC report, and just the servicing opportunity around HubSpot, specifically around CRM implementation and tech stack consultancy. Like, there's a huge opportunity there, similar to the decision you made three years ago. I would imagine, should every partner be doing this? And what are like the default skill sets? Are they? How do I know if I'm ready? Or what, what are the technical capabilities I need to build within my team yep. to do it effectively uh, as a service offering?
1: Uh, so first question, no. <laughs> every <laughs> yeah, of yeah, the HubSpot yeah. partner shouldn't be doing it. B, uh, because quite... Differentiates our, ourselves, but yes, no, all yes, joking yeah, aside. Yeah. Um, Speaking of
0: saturation, nobody, please, nobody else enter. Yeah, no, no <laughs> yes, don't
1: um, No, all joking aside. They shouldn't do it if they haven't got the if it, um, the skills and the capability to do it in house. Um, I think that as the HubSpot partner platform grows, people need to be clear about the types of services that strategically fit within their um, within their own serv- services and within their own vision for their organisation. Um, that said, uh, I think that that more agencies should be doing it. Um, as I said, you've got the more technical partners that are kind of the, the the development end. Yep. But I think there is a gap in the middle for the consulting, the the process mapping, the the really designing how HubSpot yeah, can
0: solutions do. designing architecture designing. Indeed. And so that's actually a really important distinction. I feel like is that having developers, whether contract or full-time, but just like having a, a team of developers that works within or for your agency, that isn't the only indicator that you're ready to offer technical consultants, yeah, it's not, not just the development component. There's no, designing, solutioning kind yeah,
1: of. Yeah, so you, are, you, you asked about what the types of skills that you um, should be either attracting or kind of building up. Yeah. I think there is the good old just business acumen, business experience that you can consult. Sure. And you understand how businesses work and their pain points and their structure, whether that's from a particular skill, um, kind of like you've... We've got someone that's been in sales for 20 years. They they, in, they understand sales directors. They understand sales teams. Right. They understand what the Things their needs that matter are.
0: to them. The yeah, strategic indeed. initiatives that will drive value for those people, those yeah. stakeholders. Yeah.
1: Um, and so there's there's that. And I think there's also the the knowledge of HubSpot and uh, and perhaps other other CRMs and understand that the. The, the structure of it, and so I think there is an element of training in-house people. So you, you might have marketers, you might have um, strategists, you might have various people yeah. within the organisation that have just been immersed in the HubSpot platform for a number of years, um, and they've worked across lots of clients. They understand um, what people's needs, the customers' needs so are. It's so deep they could product expertise. one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So I think it's I think there's that's the two things. It's deep product knowledge, yeah. along with the business. uh, Knowledge and capabilities, business acumen for
0: those types of businesses as well. And
1: and the the other point, actually, is the right attitude. So one of the biggest things you've got to be curious. You've sure. got to ask why. You've got a client telling you to do X, Y, and Z, and you're like, hang on a second, there's probably a better way to do this. Right, right. Ask the questions why, because you might actually understand that they are trying to do something. They might be trying to do, overcomplicate something, sure. or there might be just a far better yeah. or simpler yeah. way Don't to do Don't make assumptions
0: it. based on what you receive. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely not. Oh, yes. So that's, in, like, the, informa- the information-gathering component seems like such an important step. Is that is that part of the technical consulting engagement, like the paid-for engagement? Is that... Like part of the discovery component of the sales process, is it both? Like how does it, how does that manifest through pre-sales and actually within the engagement? If that, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah indeed. Well, there's always an element you're going to have to do pre uh, like, in the sales sure. um, space. So y- you understand the goals. You're understanding fundamentally we how is always have a consultant involved in the sales opportunity because. They're going to be accountable for ultimately saying, is this achievable? Is yep. it possible? And the consultant's the
0: solutions designer. Indeed. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Uh, and you might have one or you might have a few of those involved. And their, their job is to do two things is it possible? And how big a job do we really think this is? Kind of like finger in the air, let's kind of, because the client needs some form of budget. Sure. Um, and, and once we do that, it's then it's in actual delivery. So we do a solution design phase. So that would right. be either a series of workshops where we're really kind of lifting up the hood,
0: really getting into the weeds and understanding, really getting
1: yeah. di- uh, into the weeds, really understanding their goals, really working across all of the different stakeholders, um, and then and then it's kind of doing a very big step of work, and then we're into the yeah. kind of the build. It and makes trade. sense
0: that the it's, how you put it under the hood. It makes yeah. sense that that is actually part of the paid for series of workshops or engagement because that feels like. Expensive work to be doing. It's
1: very expensive for,
0: for the team, um, right? It's it's the yeah. deeply technical employees. I would imagine, you know, it's yeah, it's it's expensive hourly rates. It and
1: is, and there's another. There's another. That's the most important bit, really, because sure. we're, we're running a business for us. Yes. Yeah, yeah, indeed, we are running a business. But the other side is, if a customer doesn't pay for it, they don't value it.
0: The perceived value. Perceived value uh, is
1: sure. really big. They've got to really understand that there is an element of you're paying us to do the build piece. But actually the thinking and working out how it's going to be kind of all... Plugged together, we're connected together, if we're on yep. the back of Yamini's talk, that, that piece is really, really important. And you get that wrong, it doesn't matter what you're doing within the build. Sure. Um, so I think that thinking piece is, is right. yeah,
0: important. Uh, well, yeah, the, the connected platform, the connected, how does it just all come together yep. to just uh, still one plus one equals three adage. But, uh, yep. but so let me ask you this, um, are your technical consultants, have they been developed in-house uh, are you actively or were they uh, sought after talent externally? So how are you building, how did you build this team of business acumen yeah. professionals but also deep post-op product experts? There's like a unicorn, uh, you know, employee type to fit the bill on that. Yeah. Where do you, where, how or where do you build these folks?
1: So initially it started with building in-house. Yeah. Um, but there was only so, many in- so much in-house talent. <laughs> so uh, now it's um, naturally attracting actually uh, talent to us. Um, but we're also um, <laughs> hiring. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's a really You can hard. find
0: 15 consultants tomorrow, and you'd still want another 15 more.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, but if you could bring me 15 consultants sure, tomorrow, sure, that would be really sure.
0: good. Yeah. Hopefully Academy fits the bill. Hope's Academy will help create some of those folks. Indeed. For indeed. you and others, but as a cheap plug for myself here. But Absolutely. Uh, now, um, I want to be in the interest of time. I know we're on uh, a stage here. Um, any other big bets as you think about the channels and means of engagement and, and opportunities for growth, yeah. revenue generation? Anything else big bet-wise? Yes.
1: Yeah, so, actually, I didn't answer your second question right at the beginning, which was new channels. Yeah. And and I think, um, again, on the back of what Yamini was talking about this morning in terms of it's getting harder and harder to cut through the noise. Um, and and something we've been working harder is uh, new, reven- uh, new um, channels. Yeah. and And referrals is... Um, I actually meant to get the stat before I came on, and I didn't. But it's about <laughs> three-quarters of our business comes in, in some form of referral. Oh. Um, and happy
0: client referrals. It's, it. yeah. So, yeah,
1: good old happy client referrals. Yes. So um, so that's something we work hard on, and that starts with just delivering an awesome service sure. by a team of uh, passionate people, um, and then asking for uh, testimonials and then building it up. So that's one important part. The other is really... Um, is partnering with other businesses that offer complementary services. Sure. So we work basically with a Salesforce partner. Um, so we can go joint engagements then with customers that have Salesforce and HubSpot. Yeah, so the
0: integration. Yeah. Yep. So you, you simultaneously offer complementary services on both sides yes. of that integration? Yes,
1: so, so we worked closer together on that. Very cool. And then we also uh, have got some other engagements with, um, there's an organization in the UK that put interim marketing directors into businesses. Mm. Um, so we've done a lot of work with them. So then kind of the marketing directors are then taking us into their... Um, no, they fold it, you it, in for
0: your expertise to get situated. Yeah,
1: so that's another really good kind of um, lead source coming into us so and I think big Bet going to next year that it's doing more of that it's kind of really seeking out those strategic partnerships and kind of complementary
0: services or work with the same type of businesses yep. and like being able to and I would imagine you the referral is bi-directional I'm sure that you can uh, pull them in how do you uh, how did those come to be how, how do you seek those out are you actively seeking out other partnerships like that how should partners be thinking about establishing like those types of relationships
1: yeah so um, yes, we are actively seeking them out, although, again, it started with our own networks. Sure. So, um, we the Salesforce partner, incidentally, used to be a HubSpot partner. They did Salesforce and HubSpot and realized, actually, their growth was going to have to focus on one. So, unfortunately, it's HubSpot. Um, they focus sure. on Salesforce, but that's good for us. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, that's great. So, th- that was in our network. That kind of happened. Um, and the, the marketing one was, uh, again, within our network. Yeah. Um, so, that's that happened that way. Looking out to then strategic kind of to source them. I think it's then looking at what are the complementary services, um, what other businesses are going to have the shared um, ideal customer profile.
0: Sure, right. That's really it, right? Yep. Um, now, uh, uh, again, in the interest of time, uh, I'll, I'll wrap with this question. Okay. Uh, we do ask. We do ask every uh, guest that comes on the podcast this way. We wrap every episode with this. Uh, what is uh, the strangest part of agency life?
1: Oh, I like that question. Yeah. Um, Strangest part.
0: It doesn't surface in the prep call.
1: It doesn't surface. I
0: throw the curveball in at the end here, yeah.
1: And it's like back foot, because I do this when I'm interviewing people. I ask those curveball questions. Yeah. So what's Um, the strangest
0: part in your eyes?
1: Strangest part. Being asked random requests by your team. (laughs)
0: By your team. Not clients, but your team.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, And... Because we're an agency and they kind of think we're all, they have some form of quirky, quirky expectation of us. Sure. Um, so, my latest one yesterday is, I am petrified of dogs, petrified. Y- so you are. I am personally. Really? So, Sorry. I don't let dogs into the office because I am so scared of them. Sure. So, when kind of the, um, when, when I'm away, the question immediately came in yesterday so, can we bring our dogs in? It's like, random. Anyway, yeah. I'm sure I could have come up with a far better answer, but um, yeah. you didn't uh, give me any prep. Yeah,
0: having to create uh, like a, a culture around fear of dogs. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that makes sense. Well, uh, Becky, listen, thanks so much. Thank you. Uh, uh, it was brief, but it was uh, highly relevant, highly valuable, so thanks so much for chatting through, and best of luck uh, going into the new year and on your big bets. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks. And uh, for folks that have tuned in, this has been another episode of Agency Unfiltered.